Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. You know, listeners, there are certain genres that when I was a younger person, I was all about. I read like everything I could get my hands on in this genre. And then I, I changed as I got older and it just started going more towards mystery thriller, which is what I write today. But it's always a treat when I get somebody on the show who who takes me back to that genre, who was one of the first I fell in love with back in the day. And it was it's it's not science fiction, which listeners, regular listeners might expect, but it's it's fantasy and 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 dark fantasy and sword and sorcery and some of those things. And he he may correct me and say it's not sword and sorcery, but anyway, those are the things I loved. I played D and I did all that stuff. I hit all the stereotypes. I loved it though. Um, and he's kind of got me thinking about going back to my roots and checking it all out again. And that's why I'm excited to have him here on the show today. He's JV Joe Hilliard. He's an epic and dark fantasy author of the Warminster series. I love that name. He's an entrepreneur. He owns Altered Reality Magazine, and he's licensed the intellectual property of his books. All of a sudden, a bunch of authors' ears just pricked up. Uh, <laughs> to an augmented reality virtual reality video game company, which will launch the Realm of Warminster game in 2024. And I'm going to just introduce him before I say something that'll annoy him further. Joe Hilliard, J.B. Hilliard, welcome to Mysterious Goings On. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. So I hope you didn't take that like I grew out of fantasy. It's just I just moved on and all that. So I wanted to ask you about that. Did Have you always loved this? Did you like do what I did, read Lord of the Rings and um, some of the other stuff and then get into it? Or but give us a little bit of your path towards becoming an author in this genre. Yeah, it sounds like you and I have similar backgrounds. I you know played Dungeons and Dragons when I was younger. I still play to today. Uh, my friends from from high school and I still Skype in from all points around the country uh, to do it on Sunday evenings uh, where we started at advanced D&D back in the day and we're now playing fifth edition. Uh, so it's something that's always stayed with us. And I think our wives tease us a bit about, uh, you know, it not being our poker night. It's our Dungeons and Dragons night. And it's kind of nerdy. But, you know, look, if you love it and you've got a passion for it, it's hard to kind of walk away from it. But I, I started like you did. I had a I had a fourth grade English teacher go on a medical sabbatical at the end of the year. And our, our substitute teacher introduced me to the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. He somehow got permission from our principal to read us that as the last month of school, like almost like the curriculum. And I fell in love with it. And then that, that, that fall, I asked my uncle uh, who was a writer um, if, you know, I, I could, if, if he was going to buy me a Christmas present, could he buy me a set of Dungeons and Dragons. And I got not only the first box set of Dungeons and Dragons, but I also got my first uh, Hobbit book. And so ever since then, I've been immersed in it. But, you know, as you know, I mean, life changes, you grow up, you do things. And my day job was filled with the, the harsh realities of life. I was a lobbyist in DC. I was doing defense and technology work. And so fantasy for me and writing fantasy was always a form of escapism. You know, I don't need anything more real than what I deal with every day, right? But right. what I did learn in DC was 
how to take some of that political intrigue and bake it into a novel or how I saw technological advancements give one country an advantage over another, which happens in my novels. And there's also lessons that you kind of learn from that as you go through life, whether you get married or you don't, whether you have kids and you don't, whether you have pets and you don't, these things kind of fall into uh, the storytelling that you ultimately give back to, to your readership. Uh, and, you know, those are some of the reasons that I love fantasy. And I will say this too, and this might sound strange, but give it 30 seconds to sink in. When we were younger, comic books were the way to go. And then people, you kind of outgrew comic books and you wondered when the next thing was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, about 20 years ago, graphic novels, which were comics for adults, yeah. really started to take off. And we see so from The Walking Dead to whatever, you know, there are so many shows that are based on those those graphic novels but it's 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 basically comic books for adults now we see the same thing happening in fantasy instead of it being you know all the good and happy endings you've got game of thrones you've got witcher you've got things that are a little bit more dark and it has a little bit more adult content in it and it allows you to go back to those roots of fantasy while also giving you a little bit of maturity in the in the uh the material yeah i taking that back a little bit i I still remember the glee when I got my first Dungeon Master screen. Anyway, yeah. Yep. Oh gosh, you're taking me back. But and you know what I read besides um, you know the the usual suspects though. I was a big fan of uh, of the series of books uh, that uh, Robert Asprin edited. Uh, Storm Season being one of the big ones. I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, mm -hmm. but uh, they had a whole series, and it was uh, different authors, but it was in this this world and i just i loved it. i adored it and the lesson i took from that is um because it had politics and it had war and it had magic but what i loved about that was just like it's just blue sky writing but it's like you said it was grounded in the very real like you said when you worked in dc it's grounded in a very real and sometimes depressing humanity, <laughs> the things we find out about ourselves. I I lobbied a bit in DC. I wasn't registered in DC, but I would register, I would lobby a couple of times a year on behalf of a couple of clients. And I, I know a little bit about that life. And you just you get to realize that all the, the high-mindedness is maybe not what you thought growing up, but it but the point being it isn't it was an excellent entree for me at least uh joe to to just like this is how things get done you know this is this is how that works so i can see why you you might need an escape to something yeah. else but let me get back to to the to what you're doing though so when did it give you when did you decide to put pen to paper on this deal when did you start putting together stories yeah it was uh covid this as as sad as this is it was my silver lining in it right so my industry, for the most part, was shut down for almost 18 months. I mean, no one was going in and out of those buildings. No one was having meetings. There was no advocacy. There was no grassroots. And so for all that time, you know, there was really nothing to do. And my wife bragged her finger at me, said, you're not going to sit around doing nothing for in the next year, right? <laughs> you know, in all honesty, it was, it was more of a push to do something that's been on my bucket list for a long time. And, you know, I've had through series of uh, of of D and D adventures and uh, just uh, what I would describe as in house creative writing, just as a as an outlet for me. I I have plenty of stories that just need to be told. I just never had the time to do them. Right. Mm -hmm. So when COVID shut everyone down, I was able to kind of go into my den and put together what I thought was the first manuscript to a a standalone novel, and, and I shared it with uh, 
uh, a professor friend of mine who who read it and said, you know what, this is this has some traction. You've got to learn some stuff about you know, uh, how to, to, to write this way a little differently with pacing and, and a, a lot of stuff that I don't do in my normal day. I don't, I don't, there's no kind of prose in what I do. It's, it's, it's all you know, it, it'll, dialogue. I had never written dialogue before, save for maybe in a speech or two uh, and things like that. So, you know, for me, it was learning how to do it and I had time to do it. And I ended up retaining the services of the right kind of development and copy editors that got the book to where it was. And I started to shop it around and, uh, Dragon Moon Press, which is my publishing house. And if you can't tell by the name, they're uh, a niche market. That's exactly what they focus on is mostly fantasy, some sci-fi and dystopian stuff. Uh, but they gave me a shot with book one with the deal that I would not make it a standalone. They wanted at least three. And that's now turned into four um, as, as a result of that. So, you know, the, you know, the business side of it, I was learning as I went. Uh, but this was a way for me to kind of make lemonade out of lemons during the, the the whole you know first COVID shutdown and uh now I, I I can't look back man it's like it's it's in your blood once it starts it's hard to go back and you know I've always I've always wanted to be this kind of a writer it's just I never expected to be and now right. I'm here um and it I just look at it as growing my the same kind of way I would grow any other business that I owned you have to look at it as as such. It's it's a business, even though you're entertaining people. It's a little different than what I used to do, uh, but it's it's a way for me to um, look at it through the goggles of science and art. You know, the art is the book, and the science is running the business behind it. It's true. Well, uh, according to one reviewer, the Last Keeper, first book in your series, is a wonderfully detailed medieval fantasy tale filled with dramatic action and adventure. The characters are well developed and easy. For the reader to connect with the story's pace is intense and keeps you on your toes the entire time the reader the reviewer further says i was always wondering what would happen next and found this book to be unpredictable okay okay this is the thing man and and there's gonna be a lot of writers listening to this who are gonna like really respect you but probably hate you a little bit because you just started <laughs> this during covid first of all i'm a writer been writing for a long time i've got an eight book series and i found it so difficult to focus during covid i had such a hard time you just put your nose to the grindstone and made it happen that's that's fantastic um but to get a book deal and now basically you're you say you're on your fourth your fourth in the series right that's right um holy cats man uh so are you is is this still a side hustle for you or are you still doing your day job too or what yeah it's it's a bit of a transition right now i think that i'm trying to play the back nine of my career doing this and in order to do that i've got to build the business around it so i'm trying to do as much as i can to do that in the ways that i know how to do it so like i've been an entrepreneur since i was about 28 um and so for me you know i've owned maybe a half dozen businesses in that time some good some not so good um you know but that's the the, the journey of an, any entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, uh, but you know, what I've done is I've learned some of those principles and I, I apply them to what I'm doing here that allows me to, you know, to understand the marketplace a little bit better and, and know what I need to do to, to be successful and how to sell books. And so exposure is one of those things. So any kind of social media that you can bring is, is free, save for the, you know, the time, money, and value you've sunk into it. Um, going to conventions and bookstores and libraries and promoting and speaking where I can, uh, you know, I've got a kind of limited, you know, you know, what I would describe as a limited professorial adventure that I'm about to engage in with one of our local community colleges, teaching some classes here in, in the spring semester and things like that. But it all helps to kind of promote the, the greater, um, the greater good here, which is the novels and the series. Uh, and, you know, so for me, 
you know, I'm always been a self-starter and, and I, for me to sit around during a time, I, I just couldn't sit on my hands. I would be going stir crazy. My wife would have killed me <laughs> literally, you know, she knows how much energy I've got. And, and so for me to focus it on something, and I think if there was anything in it that was surprising to me was how much I had to learn, you know, it sounded like, oh, well, I'll just write a novel, you know, and it just sounds like you can do it. And then you get into it and you're like, wow, this is so hard and it takes so much time. And it's a group effort. Like one of the things I didn't know was how much value you had in beta readers or how much value you had in sharing it with the right editors who would give you honest opinions about it and what they thought you needed to change and people that understood the industry and, you know, and taking a book to market, whether you're doing it as an indie or you're doing it as a published author, man, that is, it's its own entrepreneurial endeavor. And you just have to, you have to, to treat it like that. And I know a lot of folks do it as a side hustle, like you mentioned, um, you know, and, and that's, that's great if they, they want to do it that way. I've just never been, if I'm in, I'm all the way in, you know, like, and so for me, it was a matter of deciding that, you know, I had enough of what I was doing. I'm transitioning away from that. And Hey, how do I make this work for me? You know, and how do I, how do I take this, you know, down the road in the next 20 something years into retirement? And I'm just loving it. Right. It's like, it's hard. Like, you know, I'll tell you what, this is what did it for me too. I had my first interview and I, and you'll know this as a person who spent time in, in DC, you know, when I do interviews in DC and such, or I do them with my clients, I'm preparing for that. There's like yeah. two days worth of, you know, what is the, the gotcha moment going to come from, from the, from the, uh, the host or what is my opponent going to say about this and how do I counter them? And how am I going to counter their counters and all that kind of stuff. And this, this realm is so much more collaborative. Like the first interview, the person looked at me and after I had done like two days of prep work uh, and he asked, well, so what season of the year do you like to write in the best? <laughs> Like you want to talk about disarming at that point, it was, that was the, if there was a moment of clarity that I could speak to, it was the fact that, uh, you know, it was like, wow, these, they're actually trying to help me. Yeah. Like, is this really, they're helping me, you know, and I wasn't used to that. Right. So it was like, wow. And then you just realize that it's a, it's a really collaborative community and people, even though they want to advance their own stuff, they're also there to help you advance it. And they'll, they'll, you know, they'll buy your book even though it might take them a year to read it, or they'll, they'll, you know, they'll say some, you know, they'll, they'll try to get you, they'll, they'll attend the stuff you go to because they, they like hearing what you have to say, or they, they come to you afterwards and, and you have to kind of pay it forward, right? It's like, yeah. hey, you know what? I didn't know what I was doing. And now I'm helping people that came to my last book signing uh, that want to sit down and I'll physically go and meet them for coffee. You know, it's, you know, it's just to do the same thing. And that's what I really like about it. And if you can't tell, this is, I got an energy for this and it just, it feels, it makes me hungry and I want to, I want to be successful in it. I think you, I think you are and will be in the future. I, I, I'm with you. It's, you know, I think, uh, I, my grandfather wrote for 50 years. He wrote Westerns and he was like a mid-lister. He did whatever. He had a nice career. He wasn't rich or, you know, well-known, but he did, you know, big houses published him when they did the kind of the pulpy Westerns. But anyway, um, and he had a vibe that as a younger man, I think when you're a younger man, at least when I was, uh, there's a lot more, I guess, testosterone involved. And I used to ask him kind of questions that I think that he didn't fully infer what I would, I think what I was meaning, which was kind of like, are you in competition with other writers? You know, like, you know, come on, 
Grandpa, surely that Louis L'Amour guy, you can beat his butt. Come on now, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? But yeah. see, and I think I had a little bit. Of, he never really, I could see that now looking back. But, you know, when you're younger, you just don't. And I see that now, like you said, like I've done, a, I did a couple of uh, author events, author fairs and book signings and things like that. And, and we're just not in competition. Uh, the other authors, we have a drink together or like you said, go for coffee or um, I do this show and they're like, come on on. I think I might've told you before we started, man, yeah. plug away. Let's go. I want, you know, I want to <laughs> help you, you know? Um, and I, I love that. And you're hundred percent. You're right. Cause that's, that's so the antithesis of what I experienced in DC. It was more like, uh, okay, this is all transactional quid pro quo. What can you give me? Oh, nothing that you get nothing. You know, it was that kind of thing, but I, I, uh, I both admire and appreciate what you're saying there. And it's good that you, uh, it's good that it energizes you. Yeah. I, I think that this will continue to propel me. It's just a nice, it has that entrepreneurial place in it where I can be as active as I want. My publisher has been great about letting me do things, even though she might disagree with me at times, I'll do things that will kind of push beyond what a traditional author may, you know, their envelope may allow for. Right. I think that that's something that, you know, I've, I've always kind of tried to do anyway. And, you know, but, you know, in this marketplace uh there's there's so many different ways that you can kind of promote yourself mm-hmm. uh and so shows like this and, and others are are but one and you know it's it's up to you to to do that especially if you're indie you know, like if you're you're on the independent side i it's it's almost like it's it's going to be wholly up to you to put yourself out and you can't just cast this i mean i think what was the last eighty thousand books a month New books a month get published on Amazon every month. You're, you're just in this giant sea, so you need to scream for some level of attention. Uh, and so I try to get out and meet with folks, even if it's three people at a at a you know at a library. They come by and see you, and that's three more books I've sold, or three more people that I've touched, and that means that they'll buy the next and the next and the next. So let's talk. Speaking of that, um, but you've also you're also branching out into an area that probably reaches a lot of people who don't read a lot of stuff and that's gaming uh the game industry uh, your story as i mentioned in the intro the warminster series has been uh, basically optioned by a uh, reality virtual reality video game company right that's correct so there's a there's a company called melderverse and within melderverse there's a studio uh, that's doing an augmented reality, virtual reality uh, game adaptation that's based on the storyboard of the Warminster series. So it's not going to have every single detail in it, but you know, my job is to make sure that it stays consistent. I would guess, I'm, I've never been in this situation, but I would guess it's similar to having a, a writer sit in as a movie's moving forward and just make sure that it stays within the confines of what it can be. Although it's you know, to tell a story in a video game or to tell a story in a movie, you're using a different form of medium than you are when you're telling a story in its written form, right? right? So, you know, there are things that you need to do when you're writing that you can get away with, with lighting and, you know, creepy music and all this other kind of stuff that you don't have the advantage of having, you know, with, with uh, you know, your book, you know, you hope someone's cozying up next to their fireplace and having a glass of wine and getting scared while they're reading it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you don't have those things. So, you know, you do it with words where they're doing it through more of, of a visual medium. And so, you know, I, the CEO of the company read the book, reached out to me and said, you know, look, we're going in this direction and we're looking for something that will be the, what he thought might be the first AR VR game uh, that would be, you know, uh, taken, you know, into this, this next reality where there were, you know, you, you know, players were able to trade, 
things that they had earned. You were able to earn skills and then be able to monetize them in an economic system within a game. They would bring in sponsors like for um, brand brand awareness. So like if you slay the dragon and you you know, get the treasure, you, there's a QR code that takes you to your local Subway or your Starbucks. And if you go there, you complete your quest and, you know, and you, and you get a free coffee or a free Coke with your, uh, with your Subway, you know, but that kind of stuff, you know, I, I've seen, you know, a lot of those VR or excuse me, you know, just video games lurching in that direction for a while, but I never thought that I'd be in the part of making one. Like everyone asks you the question all the time, well, who's going to play your characters in a movie? No one ever says, are you going to make a video game out of it? So I thought that that part was fun. So for me, I get to sit on the sidelines watching these folks go to work in their own medium, putting this stuff together. And then they come back to me sheepishly asking, is this okay? Does this match with what you're, what you think? And, you know, most of the time, as long as it's close, you know, there's no, you're like, yeah, man, I ju I'm just humbled by the fact that I'm here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. And, you know, and we'll see what happens uh, when this thing, thing uh, you know, launches sometime next year. Uh, 2024 sounds like it's a long way off, but it's not. It's not. You know, it's going to no. be on top of us. And so it's the, the next few months are going to be, uh, you know, critical to the development of the game. And, and uh, you know, they're already doing some, you know, some light promotion through Discord and some other things, trying to find some early adopters to you know, kick it around, see if they can break it, you know, make sure that it still works and things like that. So, but I'm excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man. Uh, about eight or nine years ago, I got brought in to help like a, an artist write. He wanted me to, he had a really wonderful world he created. And he wanted me to write a backstory for it and for, for just for an art installation. But then he got a deal similar to you, but unfortunately it, it fell apart a few months in. But I remember that experience though of coming in, having created, you know, the backstory and then like he's a kind of sheep is, you know, is, could we do this with that? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, trying to keep a poker face, like, well, <laughs> but you're just like, I'm so giddy. They're going to turn this guy into a real thing. And it didn't happen, but you know, it's, it's a great feeling. And did you pitch this or did just somebody just read your book and, and got a hold of you or it if, came, you, if you don't mind telling me. me? Yeah. And I think what it was, was I had met the CEO of the company almost 20 years ago. He was oh, wow. in uh, government space at the time. And I was able to, um, you know, carve out a, you know, a nice friendship with him, but albeit at a, at a distance. And um, when he fell into the space earlier uh, in 2022, they were seeking something that was established that they could bring that would have something that was brandable. I'm glad you liked the name, the realm of Warminster too. He liked it as well. And that was sort of like the catch. He thought that would be something that was memorable. And, you know, there was enough uh, in there that we could make multiple games out of it you know when you have four epic tales back to back to back to back with the potential of more coming that's going to keep a gaming company along for a long time just to get through you know the first novel technically you know there's plenty of adventure in there and sidebars that you can go down and you know i think he's trying to create something that's greater than what you would find in a typical you know madden game he's he's looking for something more along the lines of you know Fortnite on steroids so um we'll we'll see where that where that goes i'm excited about it i've actually been able to claw no pun intended i have a few uh, other fantasy uh adventure authors that i've tried to bake into this they're going to have you know npcs to use the dungeons and dragons term they're they're loaning to the game some of their 
uh, one author, Daniel Orsino, who has a, a dragon that we're going to feature in the game. Uh, and I'm trying to talk a few others doing the same so that they get a little bit of a, a punch for you know their their novels as well, while also seeing one of their creations kind of come to life in a video game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, you, you walk it like you talk it, Joe. Uh, Altered Reality Magazine. Tell us about that. That seems like you're really trying to help other people get a little spotlight. Yeah, you know, so I, I started writing for the magazine a couple of years ago. Uh, I did a serial uh, for its previous ownership. And uh, at the time, I I was doing it just for self-promotional reasons. And uh, the woman who owned the magazine for a variety of, of, of life reasons needed it to give it up. And she came to me uh, at, you know, the at a point last year and said, hey, you know, I, I got to leave this go, I, I, but all the folks that are part of the magazine, you're the one that I trust from a business perspective that might be able to take this and turn it into something that's both profitable for, for yourself, but also will also help enhance uh, the opportunities that she's been able to provide for a lot of uh, its authors and poets. And the, the spirit behind it is something that we wanted to make sure that we kept, which was really being a portal for publication for first-time authors. You know, folks that wanted to write something, they put together a speculative poem or a speculative short story. And whether that was in sci-fi or fantasy or horror or gothic, it really didn't matter. They just, they needed a, a, an, an opportunity to do that. And so we we accept applications and submissions all the time. Uh, we try to feature them either in the online piece, which we renew on a monthly basis, or in a quarterly magazine that we do. We just released our winter edition on the 21st yeah. uh, and we'll feature one-off stories in there. And the idea is, is, hey, let's cross promote. You promote the magazine, you know, and we'll we'll go ahead and help you get your first piece to publication. And then hopefully that's a launching board for something else. And, you know, if uh, if it is and you remember us, we come back and, and help us out where you can in a sponsorship or whatever. But, you know, in, in the beginning, you know, this was really a passion project. It was one that I... I fell in love with when I was writing for it and one that the, the previous ownership had started with no expectation of profitability. They just wanted to, to help other people. So I wanted to stay true to that, that philosophy uh, while also making it so that our authors and our poets and even some of our artists can find a way to make some money from it and or you know get some exposure uh, from it. So we just got done with a little bit of a facelift. There's more to come. Uh, you know, and these like these one-off magazines that we're doing quarterly have been bigger hit than we thought they were going to be, which is great. And we're you know driving people to come to the site. So uh, I'm excited to see who we can collaborate with here coming in 2023. And then we've got some authors that have been with the site that well go beyond me, like seven, eight years of them publishing. They've got hundreds of pieces of material on the site. And so we've got these like legacy artists as well as the the newbies that are walking in the door. Yeah, and you know this uh, li uh, writers listening, especially you newbies, a credit like that when you're when you're down the road querying maybe your first book to a to an agent, to, you want to be able to list contests you've been in, but you also want to list credits like Altered Reality Magazine, you know, uh, story, you know, uh, those things are huge. And Joe, it's I applaud you for you know because I think well like I said we're in that regard. You and I are kind of in the same business. This show is about helping other writers and and. It, Actually, I'm a little selfish. I learned so much for free. It's like, for me, see, this is one thing. <laughs> I've never told the listeners this. I'm telling it because you brought this on to me with the thought. 
this whole mysterious goings on since 2016 has been my master class. Not that I'm teaching it. I'm learning from all of you guys. And uh, <laughs> I've learned so many great things. And uh, I got to say, Joe, I really, I, this is just a vibe here, but I really appreciate how open-hearted you are about this and how you, you know, pardon the pun here, but you're, it's not like you took the castle and now you're pulling up the drawbridge. You know what I mean? You're, you're still extending that bridge to people. And that's, that's a, that's, it's not, I mean, we said earlier that it was, you know, really a great relationship and all that with other writers, but it can still be a little bit competitive. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, that's a that's a great analogy. I would have said I would, I would even try to help them get over the wall, right? Because I think that we all, in this, what I've learned in doing this for the last several years is that, you know, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere if, if someone else hadn't helped me get yeah. there. And, and sometimes, you know, you will exceed what someone before you has done and i feel like you have to owe that you get to reach back and pull the next person over over top of you right and so you know i'll tell them things that i did that i don't spend money on this or don't waste your time doing that or you know things that i've had so that they're not falling into the same pitfalls uh that that i had uh, had found but i also feel like this is a way of giving back to a community that can really use it i mean authors you know, I know some very successful authors, very successful authors, that it's still a side hustle for them. They still work at their day jobs because there's never going to be a chance for them to make, they're not Stephen King. You know, they're not going to be able to pull in the money that some of these folks need to pull in to give up their day jobs. And so by me being able to help them, uh, and there's a way for them to, you know, to find that portal to publication, that gateway, uh, or, you know, if, not just authors that are starting out, but folks that are indie that just are looking to for exposure uh and so that's what i i just if like i said if it weren't for my you the the professor that i knew at the community college or if it wasn't for one of the the, the editors that that i had given this to who felt badly for me said you know you got some real talent here but i'm gonna you're gonna rewrite 40 percent of this and pushed it back at me you know it's not like, like like those lessons that are learned you try to impart to other people and and I think that that's something that I'm really enjoying doing just based on what I've spent the first part of my career doing where which is completely opposite of that so I'm really I'm, I'm enjoying this path better well it's it's evident and it's your enthusiasm is infectious and uh to be successful one artistically and then two though to actually you know to get a book deal and then to get a get a tie-in deal like this the video with the game Oh man, Joe, you're you're living the dream, brother. You're just living the dream. Hey man, I'm trying, you know, and I hope that's that's part of you know writing good books, right? I, I mean, people ask all the time, why did you write it? It's like, well, I want to entertain people. You know, I want when when you read it, I want you to be entertained by it. I mean, I don't. That's why I go to the movies. Uh, you know, as much as I learn things there, or uh, you know, I play certain games. I'm, I'm not. It's I'm doing it because I want to have fun. Right. And while I'm writing it, it's a lot of fun. And I'm, I remember there's a scene in an old eighties movie called funny farm where <laughs> Chevy chase is in it. He's a writer and uh, he gives his, his wife, this manuscript uh, and he doesn't know that it stinks. He thinks it's the best thing in the world. And he's like hovering just outside the window while she's reading it. Cause he wanted to sit there and see her reactions and she's flipping through it. And he's like looking in the window, like peering. That's, what I feel like, and when I go to like a convention and someone comes up to me and they tell me that they, uh, you know, they love this character, please don't kill them. Or right. you you get, I've gotten people that have sent me, you know, like from my readers, they'll, they'll do like fan art 
like mm. this is where i see princess adeline or this is how i see sir ritter of Alcanir, or whatever it is and they'll send you stuff and you're i'll put them on my website i'll tweet them out i'll do whatever i need to do because you know that's so it's so humbling and flattering and it's it like people tell you that they can't wait for your next book and they really can't wait you know and you're like oh this feels so good you know and i just for me i i i'm so glad that i'm able to entertain people with it while also providing me that that sort of escapism outlet that i've that i've needed for plenty of years that i'm finally getting same here brother i uh, uh my series um people say you know i i don't have i mean i'm proud of my work but i when people say oh i'm, I'm gonna i bought your book i'm gonna read it my line my usual line is i hope it entertains you that's all i say i i have no um and i'm not putting words in your mouth this is just me here but i have no uh thoughts that i'm going to win major awards for it or anything like that but the people who do like it kind of like you I mean, I literally have somebody who got my phone number and texts me and called me, when's the next book coming? You know, mm -hmm. which is like, wow. Um, I, I wish there were a thousand like her, but, you know, <laughs> but, but never Joe, enough, right? Yeah, <laughs> never enough. Gosh, especially. But Joe, um, let me ask you one quick last question, if I could. And I, it's kind of out of order in my mind here, but you just hit on this because I think about my, I got eight books in my series and I have a terrible fear of repeating myself. And I told that to a writer friend and she said, well, you write thrillers and kind of there's crime. There's always new crimes. And so I say, I know, but this guy, he's kind of doing the same thing. Let me ask you though, do you feel that the, the genre you write in makes it where it's very hard to repeat yourself? Or do you also have a kind of a similar concern? Um, I have a similar concern only because I think there are certain tropes and plot lines that you see redone over and over and over again. You don't want yeah. to fall into them. So as long as I think that you're aware of it and it's the top of mind when you're doing your planning and I'm a big plotter, like I am not, uh, not a pants No, there is no pantsing in this guy at all. I just don't have it. Right. Like I have to write at something like if I know, and I usually, when I write my novels, I'm writing backward to forward. Like I know how it ends and yeah. then I fill everything. And that's how I don't repeat. And that's how I don't miss anything. I make sure that all the details that were on my whiteboard or in my scribbled notes end up in the novel and the, I do that by writing the novels backward in fact what I end up doing is not even writing them backwards as much as I end up writing them character arc by character arc oh. so you know there are characters that I write and then I reassimilate them in uh, in the right order and then smooth it out uh, and that's what I've found is a way to not only make sure you got all the details in that you need but then you don't you, as part of that planning process for me I'm not rewriting the same story so you know it's even though there's going to be battles and epic monsters and crazy magic and things like that, that people aren't going to expect. I hope that it's different. You know, there are some tropish things about every genre, right? Like, guess yeah. what? I've got elves in mind, but you know, it's not the same elves you've seen over and over and over again. They're not Tolkien elves. That's for sure. Uh, and you know, you've, you've got, you know, fighting. And like you said before, sword, in sorcery and i was told and i'll be quite honest with you i was told i because i use that that phrase all the time because hey there's swords and there's a bunch of sorcery and they're like no 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 yeah sword and sorcery is more like conan the barbarian you're yeah. more like tolkien i didn't even know what that meant you know <laughs> i feel like so like six months i'm out there throwing this around and i was like all right well i'm a cousin right it fits it's sort of like, like you know what i meant didn't you right you know, like that kind of stuff so <laughs> that's that's the way i try to prevent I prevent that kind of repeat stuff is yeah. just the planning aspect of it. And it's, I know not a lot of folks like to do that, but I can't write if I don't. So uh, that, that, that's, 
fatal flaw. That, that, hey, I, I, it's great to succinctly hear about process a little bit, you know, um, without, you know, about boring people too much. Either Somebody asks me, I'm like, oh, here's, I do it. You know, you got yours down just right. I write backwards. I do this. You know, some people could go on for 20 minutes. Of, I'm just like, I don't care if you use a notepad or not. I just want to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was, I was going to say, so. So you told me this. I hope this is okay to say offline. I said, so what can I call you? And, and I said, I call you JV. What did you say? You said, I said, no, you can call me Joe. But that in my genre, many folks always just go by the first initials. So I was kind of instructed to use JV as my as as what shows up on the front of of all of my novels. JV. So okay, I have some advice for you. You ready for this? I'm listening. This is the this is how you get all the way to the top of the bestseller list and never leave it. You ready? You're only off a little bit here. It should be JVV Hilliard. <laughs> well, I gotta add another Vincent or Victor or Vladimir or something in there. Then I gotta I, I'll I'll take that up with my mother. <laughs> I'm telling you what you got. Tolkien who the double R. You only gave me two names. <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien did it, and Martin. Yeah, the, the, it's the RR, but you can be the VV. I'm telling you, brother. It's 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 gold. You're welcome. Yeah. See so the VV. I, you know what I. <laughs> I won't discredit it because you might be right. For all I know, you could be right somewhere in there. But my guess is that people are going to look at me like, what the heck? Like the RR, you can kind of stutter over. You know, the VV looks like a W. It's all kind of jacked up. And my handwriting is already bad enough. So, you know, it looks like a spidery doctor handwriting. No one knows. What I'm yeah, my goodness. So, but I will, oh, I will take that back to my publisher and I'll see what she says. <laughs> you are a good sport, Joe. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to learn more, uh, go to JV, not JVV, JV Hilliard, and it's H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. That right, Joe? Any, anywhere else they need to go looking around for stuff about yeah, you? Yeah, sure. If they're, if they're a social media person and they want to go to Twitter, uh, Insta, or TikTok, I'm at JV Hilliard Books. Or if they're on Facebook or Discord, it's just JV Hilliard. I just got on Discord to get to uh, access Mid Journey, by the way. So, oh, good for you. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a different platform. That's and it just seems like it changes every day. So it's hard to keep up with. You have to, to be vigilant. Yeah, definitely. It's there's a learning curve, folks. Well, all right. Uh JV Hilliard, uh, an epic and dark fantasy author of the Warminster series, soon to be a reality, virtual reality video game. Coming soon to a, I guess, a headset near you, something like that. <laughs> or um, a phone. Or yeah, a phone. One of the two. <laughs> Again, Joe, it's been a pleasure. And please, uh, what a delight. Come back anytime. Um, and thanks so much for joining us here on Mysterious Goings On. It's been my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Have you lost your belief in finding a really good mystery thriller? Well, trust me, you've got to have faith. Pilot's faith. Kirkus Review says of the book that Greenwood pulls many tricks from his writer's satchel, has a quirkiness and energy, and snappy, snarky dialogue that keeps things moving briskly. A well-handled mystery with the appropriate twist at the end. Midwest Book Review says newcomers to Pilot will find no barriers to quick immersion in his personality and situation, while prior series readers immediately become involved in another conundrum which tests his skills and the ways in which others view him in his world. Surviving a recent attempt on his life, a weary John Pilot returns to Cross Township, where a bizarre string of shootings has paralyzed the tiny college burg. Pilot joins forces with the law to find out why people are being terrorized in his name and stop it. Unfortunately, when he turns to his family for support, he finds only hardened hearts. 
People are dying, accusing fingers are being pointed his way, and he has nowhere left to turn. Everything John Pilate believes in, family, sanity, and even himself, are shaken to the core in Pilate's faith. Online Book Club says, It's a gripping and fun story that kept me hooked. Greenwood's writing style is dynamic, and the book reads like a movie script. You can get John Pilate series number eight, Pilot's Faith, exclusively in paperback and ebook on Amazon.com. And remember, in the end, it all comes down to faith. Pilot's Faith, a Caroline Street Press book by J. Alexander Greenwood. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.